Hey there, Dr. Brian McKay, Core Health and Darian. Uh, today, yet another exciting topic. I do appreciate you listening, but we're going to talk about shoulder pain, and we're going to narrow it down to a condition called adhesive capsulitis, also known as frozen shoulder. And it's a condition characterized by it's got stiffness and pain in the shoulder joint, hurts to move. Um, Typically, people, it's going to affect, for some reason, diabetics more than others. I, I have no answer for that. I don't think anybody does. If you have an answer, please, you know, call me and let me know why diabetics are more involved with it. But it's also when people have a shoulder immobilized for a long period of time. Um, the symptoms start gradual. Uh, sleep is greatly affected, greatly affected. And then what happens is the, it just becomes and the shoulder stops moving, hurts to move, move less. And it can take up to two years to get it, you know, for it to resolve, which is a long time to have shoulder pain, especially how it relates to how you sleep at night. So uh, typically someone with a frozen shoulder or adhesive capsulitis is going to have a much, much, um, they're not going to get the same benefit from sleep that you would get if you did not have a uh, shoulder issue. Because every time you turn, it can wake you up, interrupt sleep. You don't get the deep sleep. You don't get the true benefit of rest, which is quite understated. And typically, um, physical therapy is just a long haul. Now, I think physical therapy is great, but I've come up with a better solution. But first, I want to explain uh, and basically educate you about what I found and, and why why I think it's a better solution. Typically, people are going to go for Advil, leave topical pain creams, um, lidocaine, or lidocaine inject injections, numbing as they would to provide numbing, uh, portable tens unit. It's just not going to go away that easily, and that's why it takes up to two years to resolve. Some cases, surgery is going to go into you know shave down the joint capsule and allow you movement, but um, it doesn't address the underlying pathology. And so, what um, what it comes down to, it really comes down to a few specific muscles, um, and that, that's really um, you know what what I found is it comes down to. Your latissimus dorsi, your subscapularis, the deltoid, or actually specifically the middle deltoid, and the supraspinatus. So if you sit back, relax, we're going to go over a few minutes and explain. So the lats, those are the muscles that kind of, if you went to the nipple line and went behind your back all the way down to your sacrum, that's your lats. It's a very, very big, big muscle. Very, very big. Um, I see it involved, especially the lower portion involved with back pain, but this is about shoulder pain, not back pain. So it works, it, it kind of stabilizes the spine, the lats, but it works with a couple of the muscles, the teres major and the pec major to help perform actions in the upper extremity. So that I can, it's like a solid anchor to allow these other muscles to do their work. And what they do is they, you know, especially when you use the lats in addition to the teres major and the pec major, it helps to adduct immediately rotate and extend the arm at the shoulder. So very, very important movements because the shoulder joint is a very unique type of a joint with multi-directional movements that have to be coordinated. And when one of these muscles go out, that's not so bad. But what I found with frozen shoulders is that you have, um, you, you're gonna have four, all four muscles involved typically. and. Uh, when you, when you release these muscles or strengthen, because in the case here is with the, with the latissimus dorsi and the subscapularis, try saying that three times fast, 
um, the muscles usually get short. And what ends up happening is the, the deltoid, specifically the middle deltoid, and the supraspinatus get weak. So you have opposing actions here and, and you have to address them, you know, especially if you have to basically lengthen the lat and the subscapularis and you have to strengthen the, the deltoid and the supraspinatus. Easier said than done. But let's start, I still want to get back to the lat because it's a huge, huge muscle. It's very uh, powerful. It also helps with extension of the trunk and flexion of the trunk and lateral flexion of the trunk. So that's side bending. So it's going forward, backwards, and sideways with a big stabilizer. So again, you don't hear people saying, I have a lat problem. You know, I've, you know it, it doesn't happen that often. But quite honestly, it's a uh, pretty big driver of, of issues. So the lat is the the muscle we find that's going to go going to go go weak. So in addition to that, we have the subscapularis. The subscapularis because I'm going to go by the muscles that are short, and the subscapularis is kind of it, it's it's in the back in the cup of the scapula. The scapula is that triangular wing-shaped bone. If you take your left hand and put it on your right shoulder, you know, pat yourself on the back, you're going to be on the subscapularis. But the very inside of that, so it kind of goes to the, it's very deep within the armpit as well. And when it contracts, it's going to, you know, internally rotate the humerus. Um, and the subscapularis is the only muscle that internally rotates the humerus. So when you lose that, it's going to affect adduction, which is moving away, and extension, which is moving, you know, the movement of extension will be moving forward. Okay, so, you know, it's a stabilizing muscle too. We're talking about the subscapularis. So just to be clear, it, it typical function of the subscapularis is to internally rotate the humerus. Only one of the rotator cuff muscle that has that function. So if you lose internal rotation of the subscapularis, you can see how that could contribute to having a uh, having a problem in the shoulder. But then the in the subscapularis. Is the antagonistic muscle to the uh, lat, so there's there's a direct relationship here. So something to, something to consider, um, you know. But now what I want to touch through is is that it's uh let's get into the delt. I mean the deltoid is that big muscle like if you just put your arm on top of your shoulder. There's three heads, um, and what it does is the delt is responsible for you know basically all arm rotation. And allows you to carry objects at a safer distance from the body. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a pretty big muscle on top of your shoulders. Very well defined. If you see a bodybuilder, usually those that muscle is very 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 much ripped. So the actions there is shoulder abduction, flexion, extension. Um, abduction is when you kind of bring the you know if you put your arm up to your side and you bring your hand down to to your stomach, you know in one plane. That's that's abduction. And also flexion extension, you know, forward and moving backwards. And one of the um, antagonists to that is also the lat. So you really have to think about um, the relationship between these, you know, these different muscles. And what I have found is that when, so these particular muscle, uh, you know, this, when you have the deltoid and the subscapularis and the lat, you're also going to have the supraspinatus. So now, supraspinatus is, is is a big player. Um, it kind of goes above your shoulder. It's a very it's not a big muscle, um, but if you were to rub your hand, you know you start in your neck, 
on the back, but you would put your left hand on your right shoulder and you slide and you feel a bump. It's the muscle above the bump. Okay, the, you know, we call it the spine of the scapula, but you don't need to know that. It's, it's the muscle above there. Quite honestly, if someone is you know, tense, they're going to go in and they get a deep massage and it's going to feel really good. So think of the supraspinatus as that muscle that feels really good when people come in and grab your neck. The, the, take two hands, go dig in deep right off the neck onto the shoulder blades. So it's, it's um, what happens is, you know, it, it's, it's not a big muscle, so it's not going to have a lot of things. It's, it's, it stabilizes um, the humeral head, that's the head of the, the, the arm, as it inserts into the shoulder. But it, it initiates abduction, and abduction is that moving towards your stomach. So if you put your arm out to your side, you try to touch your, your, your hand to your belly button. So what is basically the way you have to treat this to make it effective? You have to lengthen the lat and you have to lengthen the subscapularis if you're going to truly treat a frozen shoulder with adhesive capsulitis. Then the key trick is, is to activate. We have certain, certain, you know, we call them Golgi tendon organs, another complicated name I'm not going to go into right now. But what happens is you have to activate a weak muscle. Muscles become weak many reasons. You have trauma, disuse, overuse. Um, basically, those are your three things. Trauma, disuse, overuse. Um, or as, as, as it relates to, you know, adhesive capsulitis, it could be diabetes. Please, if you understand why diabetes causes this frozen shoulder, let me know. And so what happens is you got to isolate the, the, the deltoid. And typically, we found that the middle deltoid is the driver here. And so then you have to also activate the supraspinatus. Now, you're, you're, you're lengthening two muscles and you're strengthening two muscles. Okay, so we're going to strengthen the lats, subscap, and we're going to strengthen the deltoid and the supraspinatus. Now, how do we do that? There's a technique called trigenics, very effective for activating these muscles. But then you have to think about scar tissue or micro scar tissue called adhesions. Um, maybe let's adhesive capsulitis, adhesions. Adhesions form when a joint or muscle is not performing up to its speed. And so what we need to do is get in there and really um, work the soft tissue because the fascia that covers the muscles is going to be, instead of a nice smooth layer, it's disorganized cellular growth. We could also call it scar tissue. It's kind of like micro scar tissue adhesions. I would say if you really want a good conceptual idea, are microadhesions. But to break it up, we use uh, a technique called well, called radial pulse shock wave. Okay, it's it's a um, it's it's a fantastic treatment, you know, because it, it kind of seals the deal. You lengthen the two muscles, you lengthen the lat and subscap, and you strengthen the middle delta and supraspinatus. Now you got to get rid of the scar tissue because. You don't get rid of scar tissue, you can have restrictive motion. So it's almost like setting the stage to have this problem just once again. So another name for radial pulse shockwave is extracorporeal pulse activation technology. Now try saying EPAT is easier. Extracorporeal pulse activation technology. And it it got its start, you know, pretty much if you ever heard of kidney stones, uh, people go to get kidney stones broken up. So what you do is you would go over the kidney with, you know, you put a topical rubric on and you 
use like a hydraulic, I wouldn't say a jackhammer, it's a little bit of, you know, but it's a mechanical tool. And what it does is it sends these shock waves into the tissue. And here's how it works. It's a kind of, you know, the, some people call it the most advanced non-invasive treatment approved by the FDA for soft tissue. So people who are using it for the same company manufactures this machine. So what happens is you people, they saw, okay, you're breaking up um, kidney stones, you know, let's let's break up scar tissue you know just use it for soft tissue as opposed to organ organs and the the waves stimulate the metabolism so what happens is you get increased blood flow with these little shocks in. and it's really not painful you know it, it it's it's just not i mean it's a very effective treatment not not all treatments have to be painful i can tell you this when you do stretch when you do lengthen a lat and a subscapularis it can be painful and when you strengthen the uh, the deltoid, the supraspinatus, that too can be a little painful. But and the result is you're going to be sleeping better and feel a lot better, and you have full range of motion with your shoulder. So the increased blood circulation accelerates the healing process and allows the damaged tissue to regenerate and heal. So you're kind of force feeding that tissue to, to to regenerate. And we've been using it here at Core Health for quite some time now, and it's becoming more and more of a, of a, of a a mainstay of our treatment is to break up scar tissue. Say someone comes in here with a chronic low back, which we see all day long, um, but now people are coming in here for the shoulders. Uh, we're using it for knees. So it's a very effective way to address frozen shoulder. And I hope I haven't bored you uh, to death with this, this topic today, but it's fascinating, it's exciting, especially when you see the results that I've been able to see using here in our office. Uh, Core Health is located in Darien. Uh, 551 Post Road. I've uh, been in practice 30 years. You have a question, 203-656-3636. 203-656-3636. Dr. Brian McKay, thank you very much for listening. I look forward to my next podcast. Have a great day.